the biggest stories in Clarksville for this week? You're asking yourself that question right now. Well, ask no more. This is your week, your news, a Clarksville Now original podcast where we work through the biggest stories on ClarksvilleNow.com for the week. This is for the week of August 6th. My name is Ryan Pluckelman, Chris the Wordsmith. That's right. Here as well. You know, my uh, my son, uh, mm-hmm. being a smith, yeah. uh, just recently married a woman whose last name is Civil. So she's Civil Smith. They're both Civil Smith. Oh, they both hyphenated. Yeah, yeah. Civil Smith. Civil Smith. They I kind of like that. They're creating civility. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both therapists, so it actually works. They are creating civility. Wow. Their, their work, yeah. I remember asking my girls, you know, at some point, are you going to want to, you know, you can maybe get married. Do you want to take your partner's last name? And my daughter, <laughs> Ava, said to me, she says, absolutely not. I was born a Pluckerman. I'll die a Pluckerman. I'm mm. changing my name for some man. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Like, okay. <clears throat> and you go by P Daddy, so it, I do. You, know, no, you change your name. My my personal email is because I want. I, I didn't want to have like like R Pluckerman at, yeah. at Yahoo.com spell it or whatever, every right? single day. Yeah. And so I the, this embarrasses the heck out of the kids. My real email, my personal email, is Pluck Daddy at whatever right Mm -hmm. and so when i have to give that out to important like school (laughs) things (laughs) they're they're gonna want to have to tell them your email dad it's embarrassing yeah they're like you came up with this when you were 17 (laughs) didn't you it stuck with you little aol.com at the end it's one of the few hotmail accounts that are still activated (laughs) right there so all right so ryan yes what do you think about chickens I love this story because I was thinking about this the other day, and we need stories like this in Clarksville from time Mm -hmm. to time to remind us that even though we're growing, we're this mega metropolis, we've got a beautiful new arena, Mm -hmm. you know, we got things coming downtown, people talking about building this, building that, you know. Stories like this remind us that we, we are, still are, in fact, a got, real small town. <laughs> we got some small town in them in them shoes. So, yeah, so the story here is backyard chicken coops. Renters can now raise chickens in Clarksville with their landlord's approval. So what's going on here is, um, gosh, gosh, maybe it's like uh, five years ago or so. Yeah. Um, we uh, had a bill when the whole big craze started with everybody wanting to have backyard chicken coops. Right. Yeah. Um, there was this thing where, well, you're not allowed to have those in the city limits in Clarksville. You weren't. Right. And so legislation was passed to allow people to have backyard chicken coops because right. it was sort of the bougie thing yeah. to do, you know, to have your, your uh, box in the backyard with your chickens and all it that. It wasn't the clampets anymore yeah. that were raising chickens it was um who's the gal oh god that chip and joanna Gaines. oh did they start this mess well when yeah. chip and joanna Gaines made the modern farmhouse like the hippest thing yeah, on planet yeah. earth and everything was some shiplap into, and, right exactly yeah. so now everybody wants these chicken coops with shiplap mm-hmm. and, and, and galvanized <laughs> steel fixtures um they're the ones that kind of made like urban farming bougie again yeah so the um now the problem is they, they made this okay for you to have them on your own property right right but there wasn't a provision within there that you know if you're renting a house you can have a chicken coop right and so they've the city council has gone back and said yes you can have um a chicken coop in your backyard if you have if you're a renter yeah and you have the landlord's permission right and so they've uh, they passed this um uh, this like I guess it was last week. So, so now if you're renting, you can um, stink up the entire neighborhood <laughs> with a chicken coop in your backyard. So, you know. real quick, I'm betting that Chris is not for 
backyard chickens. I'm not a fan because, okay, so anybody who's done farming should know birds are nasty. Whether we're talking about geese or chickens or ducks, you go out to Dunbar Cave Pond or you go out to Liberty Park, them geese are nasty. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I mean... I don't. I, I, sh- I won't describe it, but let's just say <laughs> there's a lot of green. No, please describe it. There's please. a lot of green out there. It's really gross, and it just leaves a huge, stinking, slick, nasty mess everywhere. Yeah. And if you've got chickens in your backyard, the, you're going to have that problem. Also, if you've got roosters, I used to live behind somebody who had roosters in their backyard, um, and in a suburban area. I'm betting, and that rooster would wake us up. At- <laughs> 5 friggin' a.m. <laughs> on weekend mornings when we were still hungover. This is when I was in college. We were still hungover, and there's a rooster like 20 feet from our back door going nuts at sunrise. They do not belong in the city. And and it, and a homeowner will take care of this kind of stuff, theoretically. Right, right, right. People renting houses, these landlords don't live in Clarksville. These landlords live in New York City. They yeah, live in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. They're renting sight unseen to people here, they're not paying attention to what's going on in these backyards. Yeah. So that's why you're mad. That's why I'm mad. Yeah. Well, you think too, I, I'm betting the, this is going to affect and it's going to work for smaller landlords, right? When mm-hmm. someone that maybe has a house here, they've been PCS to another post. They want to keep the house here because they eventually want to retire here, so they rent it out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure those are the landlords that are going to be like, okay, as long as it's... Yeah, I just well, don't gonna... picture the giant real estate companies being like, oh, yeah, you can have chickens back there. Well, yeah, you're going to come back from Germany or Leavenworth or wherever, and your yard's going to be, you know, sans grass and covered in, uh, you know, nasty chicken poop, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with, a, with a rotting, falling apart, you know, uh, chicken uh, coop that somebody hasn't taken care of. So um, the way the way renters generally um, don't take care of their property, because I hear the complaints all the time. Yeah. I, I, every week I've got somebody calling me about, you know, some problem between a landlord and a tenant. Why are people calling you? Because they assume you can get it fixed. Well, they want me to do a story. They want me to put people on blast. You know now, I don't put people on blast. <laughs> if there's a legitimate investigation to be done, we'll do it. Um, often it's just people want me to put other people on right, blast, right, and that's not right. the way journalism works. But That's very hip for a 50-year-old man to say, I'm blast. Hey, I've got, <laughs> I've got college-age kids. <laughs> They've been, they've been, uh, could you say that again and go, I ain't putting people on blast. No cap. <laughs> now, no cap. That's, that's one. I'm, I'm, I'm not adept in using that term. So anyway, now, you know, I'm just kind of arguing for the sake of arguing yeah. here because I, I can see good reasons to, to no, allow this, and, but well, I think there's a lot of good reasons not to do this. Well, here's how I approach it. Um, from a libertarian standpoint, That is your, if it's your property Mm -hmm. and you choose to do that, that is your property and you can make those choices. And if you're the landowner and you have someone renting on your property and you think it's okay for them to put nasty, I wouldn't put chickens in my yard, Mm -hmm. not doing it. I, I have a I have a 15 pound dog. That's the biggest mess I want (laughs) in my life as a dog. Um, but if, if you choose as the landowner to allow the people that are renting the property from you to do this, that is your choice as the landowner because you own the land. And if that's what you want to do, great. I don't like when government gets involved with people's personal property. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's we've allowed it to get a little bigger than it should be. And I think this is one of those things where if you are the landowner and you're like, yeah, go ahead, put these things on, on your property, then go for it. Well, but where do you stop? 
Because, you know... I don't stop anywhere. So but so can I have cows on my property? If you own the property, yes. So from, the, from your libertarian perspective, yes. government has no business telling me that I can't have an elephant in my backyard. I would love if you had an elephant in your backyard. You know how much money you could make with an elephant in your backyard, <laughs> charging for rides and what have you? Yeah, but see, this like is... Like a three-ring circus. Well, what if I want to have pigs? So what? I can have chickens, but not pigs? Where does that libertarian argument end? You can have as, anything you want. In the city limits. Within the city limits. That, That's what I nah, see. Yeah, I, see, well. see, I don't buy that. I, I can respect that position, right. but, you, you know, <laughs> the reason governments exist, right. the reason, you go, I mean, go back to the Bible. We have all these judges, you know, and the, the, the judge is there to mainly arbitrate yeah. disputes about animals, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, somebody stole my That's cow. Like the whole Old Testament. It's yeah. just, it's, it's, people it's arguing about animals. Disputes. <laughs> so you know we we're we're in a close quarters and yeah. you can't just have a herd of pigs in your backyard if you've got a 10 by 10 backyard it's going to you know cause all kinds of problems so yeah so i i the libertarian argument does make sense but yeah. you've got where do you draw that line i guess is the thing i don't draw lines you don't draw i lines. don't know i let other people draw lines here's the reality <laughs> though like like <laughs> someone described libertarians once as as a house cat they think they have all this independence and they're living in this in this world, uh, you know, navigating things uh, w without intervention anywhere, mm -hmm. not realizing that there's someone that's put a roof over their head. There's someone that buys their food. There's that's someone that takes care point. of them. Yeah, and yeah. so I completely think that's a valid argument. And I, will I will consider myself a house cat. That yeah. hit really hard when someone told me that I'm like. You're darn right. Oh, yeah. my God. That is so true. So I will there, admit there's a reason that, that China isn't you know, barking at your doorstep. And there's a reason that, you know, your neighbors aren't doing wheelies in your front yard. No, I will. I do the, the, the guys at Burger King have a high school education and, not, yeah. you know, um, never learned to read. Right. Which is um, the worst grammar I think I've ever said on the air. Man, but, look at you. Yeah, I know my grammar's falling apart. <laughs> That's because you're hanging around me too yeah. much. Radio guy and the news guy <laughs> hanging out too long. But no, I, I, I think it was just a matter of time. And I, I, I really think that a lot of landlords, especially the big landlord companies, are not going to allow this. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, because they don't want to clean up the extra mess, right? Yeah. And I think what will happen is you will see, because already... It's so expensive to rent mm -hmm. and all the things you have to provide before they'll let you move in is a substantial amount of money. It's going to be something where you are going to have to pay a pretty big amount of money in a, in a refundable deposit to have this. Mm -hmm. Because if you have this, and I understand where the landlord's coming from, yeah, have your chickens all you want, but when, when you're out of that property, if I go in the backyard and it's, it's, a, it's a dirty wasteland and it's just you know, garbage everywhere mm -hmm. and no grass, well, then you're going to have to pay to cover the grass. Yeah, and there is a extent to which I imagine codes would step in. You know, oh, if you're really sense. operating yeah. a, a bad chicken coop, right? Um, you know, a right. slum chicken coop, <laughs> you know, codes may get involved. <laughs> chicken, the chicken coop slums. Chicken coop slums, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, codes might get involved and say, yeah. hey, listen, this, this isn't working. You got to clean this up. You have to wonder, though, like, how big is this? Situation like how many people are really going to be contacting mm. their landlords and I want chickens mm -hmm. as you can even see now the, the the modern farmhouse lifestyle is starting to fade into something else the trend is on its way out yeah yeah and I think this is too uh, for a lot of people it's kind of like you know getting a, a baby bunny at Easter it's yeah. nice and cute for about a week and then you realize you're having to take care of a rabbit every day you know yeah. and I think for a lot of people that 
I would imagine it's kind of like exercise equipment. Like, you know, right. yeah. six months in, the novelty wears off, and then you're like, oh, what the heck am I going to do with this chicken right. coop and these, you know, six chickens? You know, I guess I'll have stew for you know, the next, <laughs> right. you know, in the freezer for the next two years. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. But, so, so. All, all right. right. Well, Covered that one. Yeah. So I can't wait for the emails. You're a libertarian. <laughs> I don't want to join your club either. I do not. Do not send. I do not want to join any clubs. The house so, cat club. Don't want to join the house cat club. I'm, <laughs> I'm making a shirt that says I'm a libertarian. Yes, I'm aware that I'm like a house cat. There you go. <laughs> meow, meow. Yeah. All right. Um, so next story up. Uh, speaking of government. Uh, increase Ooh, should be good. Yeah. No. Increase of the income limit in the senior tax freeze program mm -hmm. is under consideration at the county commission. So for those of you who aren't aware, um, there is a program in Montgomery County and I believe in Clarksville as well, yeah. where you can have a freeze put on your property taxes to protect you from future increases in right. property taxes. If you meet certain requirements, right? Um, I believe one is that you have to, Oh, I'm going to say the age wrong. Um, 65 or older. Yeah. Um, another one is that you have, there's an income limit. And right now in Montgomery County, the income limit is $42,000 a year. Okay. Um, and they want to increase that to somewhere between 42,000 and 60,000. Boy, that narrows it down. That narrows it down. <laughs> well, initially the, the, they were like, should we raise it to 60,000 right. or is there an in-between? And they have determined, they being county commissioners, have determined that, yes, they can make they can reset it somewhere in between those two figures. So, I think you have to look into, first of all, when was this income limit set the first time around? Mm -hmm. And like everything, you know, cost of living goes up. The cost of everything mm -hmm. uh, goes up. And all of a sudden, your money doesn't go that far anymore. And I think it almost may be wise to look at the reality of the situation, look at what, you know, wages and project out for, you know, in five years, it'll be incrementally raised to this five years after that raised to that and just kind of be proactive. So you don't have to keep coming back and going like, Oh, do we need to raise it now? Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, you're right. The, the cost of living goes up. The cost of everything goes up. So it makes sense to do this. Yeah. And I wonder if what we ought to do in this situation and in a lot of situations is instead of having, um, you know, having to go back and change this every five years or whatever, just index it to something. Why yeah. can't we yeah. index this to... I don't know, the, to a living wage, right. figure to to, um, to social security, to something that does change on a regular basis to where we're not having to readjust it every single time. Right. And for that matter, it seems like we ought to have um, a minimum wage indexed to something to where it changes automatically. I guess that'd be really complicated to change people's salary every year. Right, right. But, um, but yeah, it seems like it ought to be indexed to something. But I don't know. I'm not sure I really like the idea of having a whole class of people, especially, I mean, a lot of older people, that's where a lot of the money is in our community. And if they're not paying, you know, if they're getting their taxes frozen, well, everybody else is going to have to pay more. So for people to say, yeah, the seniors should get a free pass on having their taxes increased. Well, guess what? That means it's going to come out of your wallet. Well, I, first of all, I don't think that takes into the demographics of Clarksville. Mm -hmm. We are a very young city. We are. The bulk of the population is under 65. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about a small percentage of the population. And we're not talking, so don't confuse this for you don't pay property taxes. Mm -hmm. You're just locking that property. Once you turn 65, 
If your property taxes are $2,500 a year, guess what? They're going to be $2,500 a year until you die or sell the house. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we're talking about here. And, and the reality is we're not raising property taxes that often in Montgomery County anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't see massive increases. I always find that anybody that complains about property taxes in Clarksville and Montgomery County has never lived anywhere else. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Our taxes already too high. Are you a townie? Why? Yeah. Why do you ask? Because you haven't lived anywhere else. You realize that even (laughs) we could double the income, the uh, property taxes in Clarksville, Montgomery County, and we would still be cheaper than most places in the United States. That's true. Our taxes are dirt cheap and our roads are great. And our schools are great. Like, I don't know how we do, how we doing that crazy math. I don't know. I don't know about the roads being great. Yeah, they're better than some other places, but yeah. no. And so I think let's, let's talk about the reality of the situation. We're talking about a very small percentage of the population and we're not talking about hundreds of dollars here. We're talking about 50 bucks or maybe over, yeah, over two or three years. That is true. Because yeah. when, because that's the thing that, that drives me crazy every year when we talk about, oh, we can't raise tax, can't raise taxes. It's like people, the actual impact of this tax increase is like 50 bucks a year. Right, right. We're not talking. Right. We are not talking about raising everybody's taxes by $1,000 a year. We're talking about 25 to 50 bucks for the average homeowner. My my brother lives in, in southeastern Wisconsin, and I can't remember when we got into the discussion about property taxes. It's always fun to talk about property taxes. But he was shocked. Like he didn't, he couldn't believe how low they were here because they were triple. Yeah. My property taxes are three times lower than my brother's. Mm -hmm. That's why everybody's moving here. Exactly. Because secret's getting out. So I don't think this is one of those things where we have to worry about, oh, the the county's going to be broke because people that are 65 that are making, you know, 60 grand a year are going to have their income tax or their property taxes locked. I think we're talking about a minuscule amount of money and especially with as we continue to see more and more people moving here, mm-hmm. I really don't see this as a, I don't have a downside for this. Yeah. Well, one aspect of it all, and I think this was wise, was um, uh, Commissioner David Harper said, hey, listen, how much is this actually, what's going to be the economic impact right. or the revenue impact on right. county finances of doing this? And the people proposing it were saying, well, we don't know. Well, that's something you need to know. You know, is this that's a to- number you want to work <laughs> out ahead of is time? This, you know, is it going to cost the county, you know, $50,000 a year right. is it going to cost right. the county $500,000 a year. Right. You know, how much money are we actually talking about the economic? And that's why like at the state legislature, you pretty much can't get anything done unless you have a, um, I can't remember what it's called, like a fiscal report. Yeah. Um, a, a basically a, a financial impact report on what the cost will be. Yeah. Because anytime you create a new law, especially like, you know, a criminal law that might put more people in jail or something like that, there's going to be a financial impact um, on taxpayers, yeah, and you've got to consider that as part of uh, the legislation. So here, they they make they'll come back once they know what the impact would be. Yeah. What's the uh, financial impact going to be on Montgomery County? That's a very good question that we don't have an answer for. <laughs> yeah, so, I have a great I, I have a great idea. <clears throat> um, I'd love to see once you hit seventy, you don't pay taxes anymore. I think if you've hit seventy, you've paid enough taxes, and you get a go you get a get out of tax card. You don't have to pay income tax. No sales tax, no property tax. You're 70 years old, and guess what? You've paid taxes for 70 years. You get to enjoy those twilight years with no taxes. Ryan, 
I, no, no. Because that's the thing. That's shifting the burden of taxation yeah. on the people who are trying to start yeah. out in yeah. life, who are tr- yeah. who are young, who are trying to gain an income, who are trying to yeah. build revenue. I mean, I can see a good argument for that, but it just doesn't work because often it's the people who are above 70 who have the most money. Oh, it wouldn't be for those people. <laughs> Like I'm sorry, but Warren Buffett, you have to still pay taxes. But I'm thinking of I think if if you if you're talking about below a certain income yeah, level, yeah. okay. If you're talking about people who are just living on social security, sure. Yeah. If you're talking about people who have five hundred thousand dollars in the I'm stock t- market and they're sitting back, you know, living on their dividends, yeah. Well then no, no. That that's that's not I wasn't talking about the second group. I was talking about the first group. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're grandma surviving on social security, yeah. trying to figure out whether you're gonna be able to afford a nursing home when you, you become you know, decrepit. You've paid enough. You've paid enough. But I I don't know that people in that bracket are paying a lot of taxes anyway. Yeah. I'll ask my parents. They're in that bracket <laughs> in their 70s. Yeah. But, you know, uh, old man sitting on, you know, half a million dollars hoarding his money saying, I don't want to pay any taxes. Oh, sorry. You know, there's people out there who are trying to build their first yeah. house and put right. their kids, uh, right. afford money to put food on the table for their children. Right. You know, they don't need to be financing your retirement. That's a good point. Oh so man. We'll, we'll keep it. <laughs> we'll keep it under a certain income level. Yeah. On that yeah. one. Two problems solved. Look All at right. that. All right. All right. Now we've got two big, um, expansions mm-hmm. going on. Um, this is one of those things where uh, it's amazing. We, we take so much of this for granted. Um, there's two expansions happening out at the industrial park. One, um, air gas is planning expansion. They're going to be adding 16 jobs, which, you know, 16 jobs, no big deal. Um, these 16 jobs are going to pay an, an average of $95,000 per year. That's some nice, uh, that's some nice money. You got to, what, what, what like skills do you have to have to work at air gas? You got to, I don't know. Cause I'm full of hot air. That works. That's right. <laughs> um, so basically <laughs> air gas is the supplier of an industrial gases. So we're talking about like medical grade oxygen. Okay. We're talking about uh, like nitrogen for freezing things. Yeah. We're talking about uh, argon, which is used in various industrial processes, which I don't understand. Um, Just trust the science. (laughs) (laughs) So they're out um, uh, right next to Google. Um, They already have Mm -hmm. 32 people working at the facility, and they're wanting to um, basically do a $100 million expansion um, and add another 16 employees. So there'll be 48 employees total. All right. And so the cool thing about this, too, I was at the Industrial Development Board meeting where they were talking about this. Cool thing is when they're recruiting new industries to come into uh, the industrial park, they can say, Hey, we've already got a supplier of industrial gases. You know, you're not going to have to have stuff shipped in. Right. You're not going to have to build a pipeline out to Texas or wherever. Right. We've got somebody right here who can supply all the argon that you need. Yeah. And so that's uh, Don't you worry about those argon supplies. We got it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a neat uh little expansion uh note. And then the other one is that uh Hanguk Tire is um going to be as promised um adding another 500 jobs um to their Hankook tire facility which correct me if i'm wrong chris mm-hmm. when these 500 jobs are added to Hankook tire um this is going to be the second largest private employer right in clarksville yep next to train and it's think about was it five years ago mm-hmm. they weren't even here right to come in and make that type of investment and the fact that i i did not know this. i was talking to somebody that works at Hankook tire and I said, how many, how many tires you put out of there a day? Mm-hmm. 15,000 tires Wow, a day yeah. is what they're capable of doing. So yeah. you add more to that, it'll be mm-hmm. an even, even bigger number. 
Yeah, yeah, and they've released um, photos of um, of what the facility is going to look like. If you check mm-hmm. that out on ClarksvilleNow.com, it's just insane to look at the size of this thing. Um, but yeah, so they'll uh, you know talking about soldiers looking for jobs, places to you know to retire after they um, leave the military or their spouses. Um, it's a great uh, thing for the community. I still think we should get some kind of discount on Hankook tires. I really do. I, I, they're, they're apparently great tires, mm-hmm. but I think as, as Montgomery County residents, we should get some sort of coupon yeah. or something. Yeah. Seems yeah. like a Clarksville discount. Yeah. Where's that, the, that where's the Clarksville discount on those things? Yeah. I, I've, I, and are they, aren't they mainly racing tires or are they also used in, um, I, I actually don't know this. Are they, I know that they're used as racing tires and yeah. there's, they've got a good market for that, yeah. but just. Everyday tires as well? Yeah, yeah. You can put them on your in your Civic there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you'll feel like you're racing. <laughs> the, <laughs> no, you can get them for, they make all types of tires for yeah. all types of passenger vehicles. But not not big tractors? Not, not 50 I, foot tall I tires? Don't wanna, I don't want to say, I, 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 maybe? I don't oh. think they do. Oh, well, but this this gives them an idea. Maybe. Maybe they haven't thought of that maybe before. Maybe that big, that big tractor hey, tire market. Those yucksters on that podcast gave <laughs> us an idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And speaking of cars. Yes. Um, a Kenwood High School graduate has won a new car from Wyatt Johnson for his AP scores. This is the coolest thing. The, you, you've hosted this a few times, oh, haven't I've, you? I've hosted it for years, and I finally have passed it on to someone else. Um, Pass and Go is this great thing that Wyatt Johnson does where every year they give a kid a car. Mm-hmm. They don't give a kid a chance to win a car. So there's a lot of times when they do like giveaways, like, oh, well, I guess if you're lucky enough, yeah, where they'll here's have, your magic key. Right, exactly. Yeah. Where they'll have 50 keys mm-hmm. and five people will grab a key and nine times out of 10, nobody gets the right key. No, a kid gets a car from Wyatt Johnson every year. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they team up with the school system and they say, okay, if you're a high school student and you passed your AP exam with at least, I think it's a three, three, four, yeah, or five, something like that. Yeah. Um, you get a chance to try and win a car. I think the kids that score higher get additional keys or more. Well, yeah. So like or more chances yeah. you yeah. go because you get a ticket. And so this is the first year that I was able to go as a parent because my, my daughter Evelyn was in the mix for, for a car. And it's just so cool. It's a fun event. Um, and then there's nothing more exciting because what they'll do is, you know, they, all the kids get there and they register and we're calling you kids because Chris and I are, have, have children your age. So we're going right. to call you kids. Um, all the kids get there, they get signed in and then they do drawings for prizes and they have like, you know, iPads and uh, computers and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. then they draw like, like 10 numbers for these high school kids. So if they call your number, you get to pick a key. And so there's 10 keys and the first person's number gets pulled and they get to grab a key off the board and then they go to the car. And then they if if their if their key starts the car, they win. That's awesome. So it's kind of fun cuz you get to see this I mean, God, kids that are 16, 17, 18 years old, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, they don't know how much anything costs. <laughs> you know, but yeah. then they're, they're sitting in this brand new car, not some jalopy they have in the back. It's not like these kids were trying to win a 1978 Chrysler LeBaron. You know, they yeah. were there. It was a, it was a brand new 2023 yeah. Toyota Corolla. Yeah, and it's, it's so anyone who has a, a three or above okay. uh, gets a chance to win. And there were um, 686 kids in CMCSS who, uh, who scored that. So they all got a chance. Watching those kids though, they grab that key and they mm-hmm. put it in the ignition and they turn it. And of course, there's that, oh, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. so close. But when that kid turns it and they win, 
that's a fun thing to watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool experience. Yeah, and it, you know, what's been neat over the years as we've um, written about this um, this event is the stories of the kids who, you know, they didn't have a car right, at all, right. you know, yeah. or like the family only has one car and they're about to go off to college and say, so how are they going to mm-hmm. get there? I mean, so in a lot of cases, this really provides a, an important need. And when the kids who need it most um, you know, win a car. I mean, that's just wonderful. That's a yeah, emotional it's fa- thing. Yeah. Fantastic. And what it says to me is that Wyatt Johnson locally owned, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an organization that cares about the community. You don't mm-hmm. have to do this. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give away a car. Yeah. You, know, you can sell that car. It's a great lot, way to give money. back and get right. some branding and everything. Yeah. So I think it's it, really cool. I think it's, <clears throat> it, it's a, it's a motivator for kids too. Mm-hmm. You know, why would you take an AP class? Why don't you just, you can, you know, skate on by on regular classes. Mm-hmm. And so I think this says, hey, pushing yourself is important. We're going to reward you for, mm-hmm. for pushing yourself and, 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 and trying hard on it. So it's, yeah. it's really cool. You know, in a lot of communities, the only people, the only students who really get recognized in sort any sort of major public way are your football players right. and your basketball right. players. Right. It's like, yeah, that's great. You know, that they did that. But it's neat that this is one of a couple of different programs in Montgomery County that rewards kids for academic excellence, right? Which is really neat, and it's a it's a good message to send to the entire you know community. Oh, and when you you go out there for pass and go, I mean, the Wyatt Johnson folks are excited to be there. Mm-hmm. That's like fun. they love it. Yeah. Like you can tell each even the salespeople that are you know it's like it cuts in on your on your. Potential sales. Yeah, you're not making you got, a lot of commission that right, day. Exa- right, exactly. <laughs> but they're happy to be there. The yeah. management's happy to be there. And then even the school system, like you see the principals at each high school and they're mm. excited to see each one of the kids from their school get registered. And I saw uh, Dr. Jean Luna Vetter was there. Just everybody was there having a great time. Yeah. Um, and it was so much fun to see the winner. The last two years, the winner of the car uh, my wife had them when they were in middle school. Oh, that's neat. So we were we were hoping this time, and she had a couple of finalists. Mm-hmm. Of the 10 that got called, there were two kids that had her as a 7th yeah. grade math so teacher. She's just as excited as... Well, well she's going, uh, yeah. okay, if another one of my students wins, well, am, I, am I the common <laughs> denominator here? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the choices that this mm-hmm. kid has, the, the winner, he's a student from uh, Kenwood. Yep. Um, he gets to choose between a 2023 Toyota Corolla. Yep. Not the 87 LeBaron. Or a 2023 Hyundai Elantra. Right. So he, he wasn't able to make up his mind uh, at, on the spot. Yeah. So what, what, where would you go with this? Oh, Toyota all day long. You think so? I mean, yeah. not that Hyundais are bad cars. They're, mm-hmm. they're fine. The, the, you just know that for whatever reason, Toyotas are cars that all you have to do is change the oil. Mm-hmm. And the engine will last longer than the body. Like the body yeah. will have rusted off and the engine's still turning. <laughs> the car's still going pieces flying right, down the road. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I and, agree. And I agree. Toyota does have more, of, especially the Corolla, has much more of a reputation as right. being a long-lasting car. Is it Elantra? I don't know. Uh, the words, I think jury's still out on whether Elantra's still going to be around, well, you know, 20 years from now. And as a parent, a Toyota Corolla, this is no slam on Toyota, a Toyota Corolla is about as exciting as a washing machine. So it's not like your kid's going to get in a whole lot of trouble doing donies in the parking lot at Kenwood yeah. in their Corolla. Yeah, it's like everybody getting together and saying, hey, whose car are we going to take? Well, we could take Sally's Corolla. Right. 
You're not getting no. in trouble in a Corolla. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not zooming, to, you know, up and down 101st in your Corolla. It takes about 10 seconds to get up to speed limit. You're not getting in trouble yeah, in a Corolla. Yeah. You're not going to be out drag drag racing <laughs> right. at not, Clarksville yeah. Speedway. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, do they do they have soup? I know they have souped up like Honda Civics. Do they have souped up Toyota Corollas? <sighs> No. On these racetracks? I don't know. No, but they really should. Here's a great, here's what I'd like to see the Clarksville Speedway come up with. Mm -hmm. You've just inspired another great idea. Oh, here Regular we go. car night. Regular car night. <laughs> like, like, I want a minivan division. That's yeah. what I want to see. I want to see minivans lining mm -hmm. up and going down the speedway with no modifications in it whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my daughter would be all over that. You know, she's, uh, my daughter Meg is still driving our, um, oh, I don't even know what year it was. Uh, it's a um, Sienna, a Toyota yeah. Sienna yeah. minivan that she inherited uh, You know when she got her driver's license. That thing has over 200,000 miles on it, and she is tooling it around Florida. Um, this Going to school. Massive, yeah. Parking that at Florida State. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 200,000 miles on that thing. It's still cooking. How do you feel as a parent when your kid's driving a minivan? Because there's not a whole lot of... Yeah, I worry it's the party bus. <laughs> I think in some cases it may be the party bus. But it's great because she doesn't have to like go find some random jock with a pickup truck. She can move stuff herself, you know? So she, yeah, she yeah. You know, through, through all kinds of luggage and furniture in the back of that thing. And Chris was playing 3D chess when he said, take the, take the Sienna. Because mm -hmm. he did not want her to ever be in a situation where she had to borrow a truck from a dumb jock. Right, right. <laughs> you could load anything in the back of that right. minivan. That's and right. you're set. All right. What so, was your first car, by the way? My first car was yeah. a 1978 Cutlass Calais with Ooh. a T-top roof. Ooh. Yeah. Very similar to my first car. What was your first 1981 car? Uh, Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Man, those old Cutlasses were just beautiful. Kate, Kate had a uh, old, um, uh, what was her? I think it was a Cutlass as well. Uh, those were just ubiquitous cars back oh, yeah. then. Oh, yeah. You know? Of course, by the time we got them, they were like, you know, it'd be 10 years old. So, because I got mine in 1987 or 86. Yeah. yeah. So, it was a 10 year old car by the time I got it. But still, still cool. Oh, that was cool. And yeah. if something went wrong in the engine, you could literally just climb figure inside. it out and fix it. Yeah. You know, it, it's not, wasn't a bunch of electronics it wasn't and stuff covered in the way. plastic. You could climb in the engine bay and grab everything yeah. easily. You, you know? open the hood and you can see the ground, mm -hmm. you know, below the engine because there's yeah. like pockets of, you know, yeah. space. Yeah. Oh. The old Cutlass. Yeah, it was nice. The other day I saw one for sale on Facebook uh -huh. Marketplace. And you know how when you're a guy, you have dumb ideas of, let me relive my, my Guys childhood. Guys never have dumb ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Ask our wives. And I was like, can't it be nice to get one of those yeah. and restore it and live my glory days? I so wish I still had mine. <laughs> I, I mean, I know it, it would be more expensive to keep up than anything. but Well, getting five fun. miles a gallon. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, I think it was a V8 engine in that thing. And um, I don't remember what this 300. Chris would rev the engine and he'd see the needle go down. Yeah. His cast needle. Oh, that thing was. I did put a lot of work into that. I blew the transmission. It was. Be drag racing on that thing? No, I was delivering newspapers. It, delivering newspapers, it's it's similar to Door, uh, DoorDash. That so is like, the dorkiest way to blow a transmission, by the way. Just, you know, let's stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. <laughs> it just destroyed it. All right. Our final story. Um, Beach Haven Winery yeah. is harvesting their annual Sauvignon Blanc grapes. 
Um, so uh, basically, they're uh, they, Beach Haven started with uh, Judge Beach. Yeah. In the late 1960s, he started winemaking as a hobby, um, even planting his own vineyard. And then in 1970, he entered the Knoxville World's Fair Amateur Winemaking Competition yeah. and won a gold medal for his uh, sparkling wine. Um, and then they basically in the mid eighties, they, um, started making wine and selling it like more popularly. And now it's the second oldest winery in Tennessee. It is one of those crown jewels of Clarksville. Mm -hmm. I remember when I interviewed here in 2005 and you know, my wife and I were down here staying in the La Quinta and we're looking for something to do after the interview and we went to Beach Haven and back in, back in those days, you sample all you want for free and they mm -hmm. were pouring those glasses thick. Yeah. Um, but now you, you, you pay and it makes perfect sense. But I remember going there and like, this is really good wine. Mm -hmm. and sometimes you have local wineries and it's garbage, <laughs> but, but beach Haven, I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. What? Wow. It's good stuff. It really is. Um, they're a uh, rose or rosé. Um, is a golden a, rose, right? Go, uh, well, no, uh, I think it's a golden. No. Red Rose okay. um, is what we use at uh, Trinity Episcopal. It's Golden Rose. It's called Golden Rose? It's called Golden Rose. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. obviously I'm not on the altar guild. <laughs> but uh, at Trinity Episcopal, we use that as our uh, as our communion wine. Yeah. And it's just delightful. It's 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 light without be, and it's not sweet. Um, yeah. And so it's perfect for, uh, for a communion wine, I think. No, and it's but, become, and, and Beach Haven is such a, a fixture in the community with the mm -hmm. jazz on the lawn. Um, and they just have live music and just, mm -hmm. you know, our vintage fair is there yeah. and it's just a great space. And it's neat because the, you know, you drive by and you see all the, uh, the, the, what am I trying to say? The vines, yeah. the vines, the grape plants, the vineyard. No, they're vines. It's a, to, the Chris, it's a vineyard me. for crying out loud. They're called vines. I, yeah, but the, you see the vineyard. Yeah. You see the grape plants. Yeah. And you think, oh, it's just for display. But this is neat because... You know, no, they're out there harvesting. We've got video and photos of um, of what's going on out there this week and um, or last week. And so they've been harvesting, and then they take them back. And um, I like to think that they put them in a big vat and step on them, but I don't think that's really the way you make wine anymore. I was hoping that they'd have you do that. That'd be kind of neat. Did you pick any grapes when you were out no, there? No, no, no. We sent uh, uh, our videographer, Wesley, out there. I'm not sure if he got to pick any grapes or not, but um, we got a lot of neat video and uh, photos of the process. So it's Sauvignon Blanc, which is um, sort of a, uh, a white wine. It's got mm -hmm. a little bit of sourness to it. It's not mm -hmm. as sour as a Chablis. Um, but yeah, so I, I like it. Do you, are you a wine drinker, Ryan? I, I, I'm not the wine drinker to the level that you are. Mm -hmm. you, are you are a wine connoisseur. Well, I don't what know about that. Chablis. I you know, know a little bit more about wine you, than, than the average Joe, but I wouldn't say I have a refined palate. No, I enjoy it. I they used to, I like the Barrister's Red there. Mm -hmm. um, I like the sweeter stuff. My wife likes the drier stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we'll go there and I'll get a bottle and she'll go, this, you got a sweet one. It's like, I want to have a sweet wine. Yeah, um, but yeah. no, I like that. The Golden Rose is good. I haven't had a bad one mm -hmm. at, at, at Beach Haven. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. It's crazy to think that here we are in Clarksville now in 2023, and not only do we have a world-class winery here, we have so many breweries and distilleries as mm -hmm. well. And distilleries, that's taken off now. We've got two distilleries that, that I can think of, uh, Old Glory mm -hmm. and then um, the uh, Three Rifles Distilling, which right. was opened at that's, the back of uh, Star Spangled. Yeah, and I, I know that, you know, like I said earlier... Sometimes you get these startups and the quality is what have you. Mm -hmm. I, I was at Old Glory a couple of weeks ago and I picked up a bottle of their Tennessee whiskey, small batch. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to give this a try. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been in business for a while. Mm -hmm. They've got it figured out at this point. I was really impressed. Yeah. 
Cool. Really? I mean, not, I didn't have to lower my expectations. Or small anything. batch. See, see I'm, I'm not a, a whiskey drinker. Yeah. Um, small batch. Is that sort of the, the not quite as um, bitey? Well, the small batches that what, when you think a single barrel, I don't like a lot of burn. Yeah, single yeah. barrel is is the way you go because that's that means it's just from this barrel. Small batches like, like a little bit different than that. The the when you get the blended, mm-hmm. the blended is the is the cheap stuff. Okay, so, so that's stuff that tastes like Listerine. Exactly, okay. exactly. And I was I was really impressed. Not only was it just good, it was nice and flavorful. It didn't have a bite to it. It was smooth. Mm-hmm. And I think when you can make a smooth whiskey, I. I'm impressed. Yeah. So yeah. kudos to you. We got good wine. We got good whiskey. We got great beer. God, we, oh, could, yeah. we could talk for hours about the great beer that we have mm-hmm. in cool Clarksville beer. with our with our breweries. All but. right. All the beer, all the wine, mm-hmm. all the whiskey. Oh, yeah. All good stuff. And those are the top stories for the week in Clarksville. Your week, your news. Thanks for listening to a Clarksville Now original podcast.